Entitled parents disown me for not being a doctor. Now they want to live with me after finding out I'm rich. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. I'm a 37-year-old male. My family comes from and is a long line of doctors. Being a doctor is the only acceptable profession in their eyes, and anything aside from that is met with literal abandonment, which is what happened to me when I turned 17 and told my family I was not going to be a doctor, but going to build an acting career slash social media career. YouTube wasn't huge then, and supplement my income with small business endeavors. When I told my family this, they kicked me out, and we subsequently lost contact for 17 years. During that time, they moved to the UK, and my sister became a doctor, and my older brother got into a very competitive stream for surgery, neurosurgery specializing in spinal tumor diagnosis and removal, which he's now finished. We reconnected when COVID hit, and they told me they were moving back to Sydney for lifestyle reasons and because my brother has found a $75,000 a year job. During the last two years, they never asked me how my acting career and social media stuff went and basically assumed I was just slumming it in Sydney. To their credit, they were correct in that I didn't make it big in acting. Maybe the world wasn't ready for a mainstream leading role Indian or make it at all. I did, however, make it big as an investment banker and recently made partner at the bank I work in. This came to a head on Friday when I met them for house shopping. I walked to meet them and when they asked about my car, I just said I preferred to walk. And they realized the areas they wanted to live, despite being highly paid medical professionals, simply wasn't going to be happening, as the houses cost north of $20 million. When we decided to call it a day and regroup, they suggested going to my place before going out to dinner. When we arrived at my house, they thought I was renting a room and inquired how much rent was. I informed them that I wasn't renting and that this was my house. They lost it, accusing me of lying to them for years and only meeting up to rub their face in my probably illegally gained wealth and capped it off with they'll be living with me now instead of my oldest brother, since they can't be seen living in a worse house than their son. I laughed at them and reminded them that they bet on my brother and sister, not me, and that they have a better chance of living with my neighbors than they do with me. At that point, they threatened to cut me out of their will, to which I reminded them of the fact that they can't even afford to buy a house in my area, so their will and assets don't really matter to me. Now they're not talking to me, and my brother and sister are saying that I should have been proactive in letting them know of my success. I have a public LinkedIn profile, so they literally never even Googled me. I'm kinda with our original poster on this one. I don't think they're the one that should be proactive in trying to reestablish a relationship here. It's the parents who kinda said to take a hike. He's not just gonna come reaching out saying, hey guys, I made a bunch of money, you want some? No, he did his thing and went on living his best life, which, good for him, that's what he should do. It's only now that they're back around that he's having this stress in his life in the first place. I kinda like what he said in that they backed the wrong horse. They bet on his brother and sister who didn't quite pay out the way they wanted them to. And now that Original Poster has actually made a lot of money doing the thing that they thought wasn't going to be successful, they just assume that they're going to be able to move in. Sorry, doesn't work that way. You can submit your own stories to be featured here on the channel. The story submission link is in the description below. And don't forget to subscribe.
Medical clerk made me stand outside in 104 degree heat, so I staged a mini revolution. This took place during the first summer of lockdown where I live. For some context, my town is basically on the edge of nowhere. We have a medical center for basic stuff, but a full hospital is 30 to 40 minutes in any direction depending on where you choose to go. With that in mind, we get people from a huge surrounding area that go to our town center for tests, simple medical exams, and things like that. Maybe as many as 50 small communities use our center on a daily basis, so it's constantly busy. The center itself is quite small compared to hospitals in the city. The various clinics and a basic ER take up most of the space, with an area by the front doors for the public to sit in if they're waiting for a ride or someone to visit a doctor. It's that waiting area that is the cause for my story today. One day during the summer of lockdown, I had to go to the medical center for tests. Some things to know about me. I'm challenged with multiple disabilities. I'm legally blind, have significant mobility and balance issues, and a rather severe heart condition. As such, I use a walking frame and travel using the city's provided disabled transports. That particular day, I had finished my tests early and had about 45 minutes to wait until my transport was scheduled to return to pick me up. I figured, no problem, I'll just sit in the waiting area, and, well... Wait, I shuffled over to the seats with my walker plainly evident and was confronted by a new sign. Staff only. Say what now? I looked around at all the empty seats and vacant tables and turned to the clerks at the entrance. Can I please have a seat in the waiting area until my transport comes back? No, it's for staff only. You need to wait outside. Uh, I can't stand for 45 minutes waiting for my transport. Gesturing to my plainly apparent walking frame that I was clearly leaning heavily on. Not my problem. There are benches to sit on outside. The benches are full, and we're supposed to be social distancing, not cuddling up to random strangers on a park bench. If you want, I suppose I could let you take a wheelchair out and sit in that. And how am I to manage a wheelchair and my walking frame at the same time? Again, not my problem. If you want, you can call Santa Management when you get home. Are we done here? I guess we are done, huh? And I went outside to find a spot to wait. Well, I stood outside for the 45 minutes while the sun beat down on what turned out to be a 104 degree Fahrenheit day. As I stood there, I noticed that there was a line of patients steadily growing longer, also standing outside in the heat, waiting to be led into the building. Some looked fit, but let's face it, nobody comes to a medical center when they feel 100% healthy. Most of them looked quite ill, and some were looking pretty faint by the time they got through the doors. By the time my transport arrived, I was badly sunburned, thirsty as all heck, exhausted, and feeling more than a bit faint myself. My driver was shocked and insisted on walking me to my front door when he got me home to make sure I was okay. Shout out to all the transport drivers out there. You guys rock. The rest of the day was a complete loss. I spent it drinking water, sleeping, and nursing the burns on my shoulders and face. I was a complete mess. The next day, however, I was ticked. I had plenty of time to recover and to think, and I kept coming back to that line of patients standing in the heat. The more I thought about it, the angrier I got. The worse the clerk said so smugly, You can call Senna Management when you get home if you want. Danced through my sun-baked brain like a mantra. I called Center Management. What followed was a half-hour conversation with the sweetest lady. She was so nice and so upset when I told her all that went on the day before. She was especially concerned when she found out about the line of people waiting outside on what turned out to be the hottest day we had that summer. After our talk, the manager promised to look into it and get back to me. Now, normally, that 
that's sort of a brush off, right? Not so with this lady. Two days later, she called me back. Turned out she'd spent the day before sitting at the clerk's desk observing things that went on. Things like patients being forced to stand in the rain waiting to get into the center, patients being poorly spoken to by the same clerk, and the cherry on top. At one point, a tiny elderly lady tried to sit down in the waiting area, and the same clerk ran over and rudely shoved her aside and snapped, Staff only! With her boss sitting right there, the manager went over, tore down the signs, apologized to the lady, and helped her to a seat, then took the clerk to her office for a chat. The results? The center was immediately restructured. Staff were moved into an unused gift shop. The waiting room was returned to the public, and, best of all, the registry desks were moved, so patients no longer had to stand outside waiting to get into the building. I never saw that clerk there again. I know this isn't as exciting as a lot of stories on here, but knowing I was part of making things so much better for so many still makes me happy. Dang it, I'm proud of my mini coup d'etat. Vive la resistance! And all that crap. Alright, so while I'm glad that everything worked out for the better and that everything went according to our original poster's plan, there are some things I'd like to point out here. As someone who worked in retail during the pandemic, I can tell you that it was absolute chaos. Now, this being a medical center, they should have been more on top of things. You're saying this was during the summer, so we'd been in lockdown for a couple months. Procedure should have been established. It looks like you coming in and making a fuss made them take the steps they needed to get it where it needed to be. But I can tell you that when lockdown first hit a lot of places, this was the case. Everywhere was scrambling just to try to find something to make it work. You have people in your face, everyone mad that they gotta wait in a line and can't do what they need to do. It was very tough on anyone in customer service. And I know this isn't specifically customer service, but it's the same kind of idea. You're there helping the public, and they have a certain expectation when they walk up to your front door. Obviously, the pandemic made it that you couldn't meet a lot of your customers needs. I know a lot of places were trying to do the best they could. It sounds like this place maybe wasn't quite up to par, but I know what this staff member had to go through during the pandemic and them being a little snappy is understandable. Should everything have already been repurposed and the waiting room made available to everyone? Yes. Should she have been nicer about everything? Yes. But it was a stressful time for everyone. Some jerk behavior during the pandemic is forgiven. Just to be clear though, I'm not saying she was right in in any way. Like I said, this all should have been thought out way before now. All I'm saying is, from their perspective, it was a tough time. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet plush care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey if you qualify they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My manager tells me if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. So I make sure to document everything going forward. My manager at work is one of those people that absolutely has to be in control. Even when you're exceeding every scorecard measure, keeping your head down, not putting a toe out of line, she still asks you to come to a meeting room for some minor issue or another. Recently, she pulled me into a meeting to discuss being late for work. Protocol is to call in, say we'll be late, then submit a schedule adjustment request when we arrive. She accused me of not calling in or submitting a request, but I was able to prove that I did. Only, instead of leaving it at that, she insisted I now needed to call her and explain why I was late. That's not the process, I told her, and she said she's making a new one. So now I call her at 6am on her day off to let her know if I'm going to be late. She also had a meeting with me because my scorecard for a stat was 99 out of 100, with a target of 50. She had to point out the 1 out of 100 I missed. She also did the same for a handling time issue, where I'm hitting an average of 600 seconds with a target of 1500. She needed to tell me about a call I took too long on. Suffice to say, complaints had been raised to her manager. Following an incident where she was asked to follow up on something for me and claimed, if it's not in writing, it didn't happen, I've been asking for everything in writing and repeat that mantra back to her when she claims to have told me something. Last week, she asked for me to see her after my call. I walked over and she wasn't there, so went back to my desk. She asked me why I didn't stick around, and I reminded her of the time she put, in writing, that I wasn't to spend any more than one minute waiting for her if she asked to see me, and was to go back to my desk to take calls, not wasting time. She asked me to come over again, and when I did, she wasn't there. This repeated twice more before my shift was over. Every time I documented, logged out at 141435 p.m., came to your desk, you were not there, spent 45 seconds waiting, returned to desk and took another call at 14.16.38 p.m. In chat, she messages me to ask what time I finish. I tell her it was two minutes prior, and she says we can catch up now. I tell her that my shift is over, and ask if she'll approve an overtime pay for an out-of-hours meeting. She tells me not to be silly, and it'll just take 10 minutes. I refuse, and say if I don't get paid, we can do it tomorrow when I'm being paid. She's typing, then not, then typing, then not, choosing her words. I know she's angry at being challenged, and she decided to employ one of the tactics she used when she managed a team for a company where this was standard practice. Ok, 
Okay, well, if you'd like to go home now, I can always make it a formal meeting. A formal meeting where I work is code for a meeting with HR for misconduct and repeated issues. Documented on your record. She thinks she's won. Not a problem. Make a former meeting, ensure I have 24 hours notice, send a formal invite, and I'll bring a support person with me. I log out and leave, but not before grabbing screenshots and saving a copy of the chat logs. Next day, she's called my bluff and has a meeting scheduled. I send it to my union rep and she comes in on the day. HR sits down with us and opens with, So, we're here today to discuss some concerns. Your team leader asked you to attend an off-the-cuff catch-up three times and for some reason you refused. I quickly clarify what actually happened. My manager claims otherwise and I repeat her mantra. If it's not in writing, it didn't happen. Then I supply receipts. Her demands to put things in writing, her chat, my timestamps, my call logs, and her message to me afterwards. My union rep stares at the two of them with a small smile and asks, So do you maintain the position that employees should attend meetings unpaid and that misconduct investigations are a good use of resources if they refuse? HR said there may have been a miscommunication and that I could return to work. I have it put in writing that I'm not accused of any misconduct and have been cleared of any false accusations with nothing documented on my staff file. Yesterday, my team was advised that our team leader had decided to pursue opportunities outside of the company and that we're getting a new manager. Thank God that jerk is gone. No, you handled this exactly like you should. If she wants to be petty, oh boy can we be petty. This is your job on the line. She thinks you're not going to take these kind of steps? Of course you are. You have to protect yourself from her shenanigans. If she's going to be coming at you for missing 1% on something, then she better be pretty perfect herself. Because you know if there's one slip up, you're going to be all over it. I wouldn't be letting her get away with this kind of crap too. You're a good worker. You work hard and you do an excellent job. She wants to be coming at you over petty stuff like this. Let's put her under the microscope. See if she's really doing her job the best she can. Entitled company really doesn't seem to understand what belongs to them and what belongs to their employees. A friend of mine in a semiconductor manufacturing company was one of the hotshot marketing and application engineers. On his own, he put together a series of seminars to show prospective users and customers the benefits of using a bunch of the company's integrated circuits in their designs. He went on to make short half-hour videos that could be viewed online. The company signed a contract with him that stated they were his property. The company was acquired by a megacore, and their legal people evidently signed off on his contract as well. He was a big man, 6'2", 230 pounds, and in his late 50s. Also had a condition that caused a considerable amount of joint pain. His job required him to fly at least once a month, but because of the frequency, he could upgrade to business class or better, and the extra room helped him with the pain of traveling. The company AA card was used for all travel, and his new 30-year-old manager decided that the company owned his frequent flyer miles and he couldn't use them to upgrade. This got rather heated, and the manager wouldn't back down. So the company offered early retirement to certain people over 59, who'd been with them for more than X years. My friend stepped up and got a bonus and two days before the end deleted all the videos. And he gave them a copy of the contract reminding them that they were his property, also stating that the company couldn't restore them from backups and use them. Several months later, he ended up contracting for his former company, introducing his online videos and answering questions afterwards. I'm sure he was very happy with this arrangement. No travel, no boss hassles, and a nice check for each time he did it. 
Uh, yeah, sounds like our original poster might have gotten a pretty sweet deal out the other end of this. The company clearly overstepped their bounds. It was in a contract that those videos belonged to the person in question. Just because a company buys another company doesn't mean those videos all of a sudden become yours. The original company never owned them to begin with, so you can't have bought them from them. Also, trying to claim personal air miles seems super petty. Unfortunately, this is probably the case when a lot of places get taken over by a larger corporation. They start trying to cut costs and save things everywhere, and it just leaves a sour taste in all of the employees' mouths. I thought I was over my food poisoning, but it came back with a vengeance at the worst time. I am the dumbest person alive. Last week, I apparently ate something that was contaminated. Spent 8 hours on Thursday, starting at 3am, puking out my digestive system about 3-4 to four times every hour. Slept on the bathroom floor when I could. It really sucked. Well, today's Tuesday. I figure, surely by now, especially since I haven't thrown up since Thursday morning, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Sure, my stomach's been a little upset, but that's anxiety about getting sick again. What better way to celebrate my victory, I decided, than a big bowl of chocolate cereal in the car on the way to class while my dad drives. Ha ha ha! My digestive system laughs. You fool! And yes, I am the fool. 40 minutes before my first exam of the day starts, and my stomach is trying to escape from its mortal flesh prison. I've learned my lesson. I'm never eating food again. I wish I was never born. Okay, this one isn't really an am I the jerk situation. This one's just kind of funny. Depending on what it is you ate, it can definitely take a few days to get everything out of there. And no, it is not a fun process along the way. If you're still feeling even a little queasy or uncomfortable, don't take any risks. Stay home, where you have quick access to a toilet. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot you can do in that situation except just ride it out. I think food poisoning is something that everyone goes through at least once. Sometimes you know what did it. Sometimes you know it's coming as soon as you start eating that dish. Other times, it comes out of nowhere and you're just not expecting it. You know you've been KO'd for a couple days. Take an extra couple days, just to be safe. Otherwise, things can get really uncomfortable in a place where you don't want to be uncomfortable. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.